Now, what is good, guys? It is your Boston Brit and the basketball ass himself, Josh Coyne. <laughs> you good, mate? Yes, I'm wonderful. Thank you very much for having You're good. me. Good. Uh, and we're, we're back with a brand well, new episode. Back with a brand new episode of the Garden Party. And we have been absent for a little bit. Now, partially that's my fault because life's been taken over and then, you know, the day job, etc. And Josh, same with you as well. You've been a busy, a busy, busy boy as well. So we did have an episode really to drop before the deadline, the trade deadline, which happened yesterday. And unfortunately, like I said, didn't get it put, didn't get to put it out. But we did have our predictions on there. And we thought, you know, who would we like to see? Well, we'd like to see Danny do now. Danny didn't really do much, if I'm honest. He did more than what I probably expected him to. And we have signed Evan Fournier and we have signed Mo Wagner. And uh, we had another addition as well, didn't we? But I think he'll probably be waived, to be honest. Um, but Josh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, Josh, what were your opinions on it? So, we obviously went through the kind of what we wanted and what we didn't want. I'd say that at least 60% of the podcast that uh, wasn't released was us crying about the potential of losing Marcus Smart because that seemed to be the thing that was being talked about most regularly mm. uh, at, at that point. Um, we need to do a video of the highlights of Marcus Smart to a certain soundtrack. I don't know what soundtrack you want to put on it this time, Josh. Well, this time, well, because we kept him. Um, let me have a think about that. I'll come back to you. Okay. Uh, I thought it was a positive uh, day. It's a weird one, isn't it? Because depending on which camp you're in, you're either in, look, small small micro adjustments will make this team good and fun to watch, or you're in the camp of there's no way we're contending with Brooklyn, so what's the point, you know, blow it up except the Jays, yeah. you know. What camp, are, what camp are you in? Um, I'm actually in the micro adjustments one because the accumulation of talent in Brooklyn is, you know, let's, let's be honest here. It's largely due to the destination. You'll never be able to fight that. Mm-hmm. Um, as the Jays grow, surround them with talent and let them make a go for it. I, I don't feel like um, hitting restart when they're, they've recently just signed a new contract and they're, Clearly, they have ambitions with the club. I uh, just I don't support that decision. I do think, obviously, I expected more from yesterday. We spoke about this the other day. Yeah. Um, but I do think that they got better despite the loss of Daniel Tice. Yeah, and I think that was the one thing I was going to mention is the loss of Daniel Tice. I would have preferred to lose Tristan, if I'm honest, but obviously it's obviously to do with a luxury tax element, which now the Celtics are below that, which is great going into the you know the buyout market um I, I do expect danny to do something in the buyout market what that is don't know i mean there's been talk of drummond but we'll, we'll, we'll probably come on to that in a little bit but i'm so glad we kept marcus smart so glad i was to be fair i, I, I did get worried for a little bit i thought danny's is danny going to pull this trigger but apparently throughout the whole process even when atlanta first expressed interest um, i've seen reports that danny did give Marcus a ring and said that you've got no, there's no issue here. Don't worry. You're not going anywhere. Mm -hmm. I wish he told us that because it was the worst three days of our lives. (laughs) Yeah. To say that we were being melodramatic is an understatement, but uh, there were genuine tears on the horizon. 
I, I already had all of my Marcus jerseys hung up, ready to do some dramatic, sad video to like Evanescence or some weird <laughs> band like that. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, I, it, it would have been terrible if Marcus had gone. I think that sometimes it's about who you keep. You know, that you know, keeping Marcus long term is a good idea. Ainge, once again, like you said, did say that that was there was never any truth behind that anyway. Um, and I don't think the addition of Evan Fournier should be written off. There seems to be some kind of um, wider opinion that Fournier isn't a good player. He's uh, averaging career highs at this point at 20 mm. points, uh, four, and, four and four as well, four assists, four rebounds, uh, on less minutes than ever in his career. Uh, so his, his, his usage actually went down and his production went up. Fairly efficient, aggressive, um, and I think that he's the kind of player who can probably slip into an off-ball role quite seamlessly as well, um, because that's been a problem. Having that option that isn't Kemba, um, that can play secondary to the Jays, off-ball. Um, and I, I just think it adds a, a new option on offense and, and makes the team a little bit better going forward. Definitely. I mean, it doesn't help us defensively, which is we do need some help defensively, don't we? But I think it's a great addition. And for what we got him for as well, two second rounders and Mr. Jeffrey Teague, who we no longer have to uh, bring up on our podcast, people. Now, good luck to Jeff. Obviously, uh, I know I know, me and Josh love to uh, have a cheeky bit of banter and a, a bit of a dig at him. But he, um, to be fair, in his last game for the Celtics, you know, he, he did all right. So he went out in style. He did. He went, he went out, out in, in style. style. Shame about Daniel Tice, though. Obviously, his final game was missing um, a clutch shot, wasn't it? So yeah, a bit of a gutting yeah. way to leave. Um, but I'm so glad that Mr. Jeffrey Teague is no longer within our our remit. But yeah, yeah I, Evan, but Evan Fournier, I think is I think it's a great addition. Like you said, helps a lot on on our fence as well. Gives you a great option. Averaging some good numbers is his career career highs as well. So I think he's coming into a team where, yeah, he might not get as many open or many opportunities. Um, obviously, with Jalen and Jason on the team, but at least you know he's going to be a consistent scorer. Where mm. we've not we've not had that off the bench this season. We've had some great games from Semi, some great games. But the one positive thing, Rob Williams is going to start tonight, I believe. He's going to, he's going, he's going to have to, he's got to have a start. So this is more minutes for Rob Williams, which is yeah. what every single Celtics fan wants to see right now. Absolutely. And uh, just to go back to Tice, um, it's, it feels appropriate to, you mm. know, um, celebrate his time in Boston. Um, as uh, Mark D'Amico pointed out, he pointed out a lot of praise today, uh, friend of the show, uh, Mark D'Amico. And, um, the Tyson came in a relatively un- unknown. I, I specifically remember seeing the tweets of the signing of the kind of uh, unknown German Euroleague dude. Um, and he found a way to chip into the rotation uh, slowly but surely, became a really, really reliable starting defender. The only time that Tice was ever exposed was through kind of sheer size. And that was everyone's exposed by the likes of Joel Embiid. Okay, mm-hmm. so... Tice's energy, his hard work, his professionalism was unbelievable. And I actually think that even though you could look at it as it was sad that he went out on a missed three, um, I think that you should look at it this way. And that's that it says a lot about his time 
uh, with the Celtics that he began a rotation big um, and eventually he gets to a point where in a dub- in, in an overtime game, close overtime game against a contending team, um, he was trusted with that shot. Yeah, look, it might not have been what was drawn up, but he was on the court and he was willing and trusted to take that three. Um, and that says a lot about how far he came. Um, much respect to him, uh, Javante Green, and uh, I suppose Jeffrey T. <laughs> yeah. And apologies, guys. If you did hear a little ding ding there, that wasn't a sound effect I was adding for Josh. That was uh, unfortunately my work emails. So <laughs> people are still emailing me at this stupid time on a Friday. So anyway, so we <laughs> let's move on a little bit. So we've kind of spoken about, you know, Evan Fournier coming in and, you know, Mo Wagner coming in and, um, how we what what do we think do you think do you think it was successful do you think this trade deadline was successful for the Boston Celtics um I don't think it was the Hail Mary that everyone was expecting I don't think it's transforming us into contenders Mm -hmm. um but my mind frame when we spoke the other day is that um whilst this roster in its current formation you know before pre-deadline wasn't a wasn't even close to a contender the way they were playing basketball Largely the same talent that was winning a lot of games last year, um, you know, for the most part. Um, so it's ludicrous to say that this is a bad basketball team all of a sudden. Mm. Um, so whilst it was not like we didn't blow anything up, we didn't gut the roster and transform, um, we did make the team better. So by that, you know, on that proviso, it is a success to me. The, the team is better because Evan Fournier is a really, really good guard. Um, who knows where he'll be in the rotation, whether he'll start, but he is a really good uh, addition to the offense. And Mo Wagner, a lot of people, were like, I think he's got one of those faces and reputations that people just don't like him. Um, I've, not, I've not really watched much on, on him, to be honest. I think I'm going to have to do a little bit of film study on him to, to understand yeah. him, but I, I don't know if he brings... I don't know if he brings enough defense. I'm not actually sure. Like I've not watched well, enough of him. Well, one thing that he definitely brings, right? So you know, we pride a lot of uh, we put we we uh, hold uh, energy and aggression in quite high regard mm-hmm. uh, in Boston. Um, hence, why the likes of um, I guess uh, Marcus, of course, but then Aaron Baines, quite an aggressive dude, uh, willing to fight, get his hands dirty. That's what people like. And Tice, you know, Tice, but, you know, unfortunately the war on Tice was real. But a German for German. Wagner's energy is legitimate and he's young. He's super aggressive. You see him like he's battling for positions, probably sometimes a bit too much to the point where he just gives away stupid fouls. Mm. Um, But he's willing to get his hands dirty. He's, um, you know, it's just a serviceable big, but one that's willing to work really, really hard and also falls within the timeline and you don't have to pay Tice big money in the summer. Yeah, because I think that was the one thing. That's why people were a bit confused of why we got rid of Tice. Like, what people have got to understand is that, you know, Tice at the end of the season would want money. He'd yeah, want and he's earned money. it. Like, like what we said, he has earned a bigger contract than Boston really can justify giving him. Definitely, definitely. So... Uh, for me, for me, I think like it's kind of like what you said. I, you know, I agree with you in the sense that we did something. We didn't quite do enough. I would love to have seen 
I, you know, when we spoke about Harrison Barnes or when we spoke about Lonzo Ball potentially, you know, that kind of, I think if we would have got Evan Fournier and Lonzo, Evan Fournier and Aaron Gordon or another kind, you know, another good, solid player, I think that would have been a super success. Mm-hmm. But like I said, we don't know what we're going to do in the buyout market because mm-hmm. we have the opportunity to use that and utilize that now. So it'd be interesting to see what happens there. But I, th- I think overall it was, it was okay. It was more yeah. than what I expected from Danny, if I'm honest. I expected mm-hmm. him to come out with the, oh, we had some deals ready, but they weren't quite where we wanted them to be. Or they weren't quite, you know, what we envisaged for the team going forward. Some fucking nonsense, which he always comes out with. The, the, the weird thing about that, though, is the, the Ainge almost doing something thing has become <laughs> like a cliche within a cliche, hasn't it? So, like, like, it is a cliche that he continuously says that. But now people say that about him so often that it's got annoying. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like people are constantly like, oh, I wonder, wonder what Ainge might might almost do today. You know, that guy has per- like traded a lot of assets around for the last decade. It's like he is a trader, even though that's become like what he's known for. But just to go quickly back to Wagner, I think like what really is a positive about him as well is that He's a young piece, who, and Danny pointed out today in his early interviews that mm. um, the thing about Wagner is he's only 23 years old and he hasn't had the right opportunities. Bounced around kind of uh, the G League with LA, uh, but we won't mention that, um, uh, uh, you know, and back and forth. And it's just about kind of carving his way into rotation. So I don't feel as though there's any reason why he won't become a key part of the rotation, much like Tice did, um, but largely behind Robert Williams because the time Lord is king. And I think Brad as well. Brad's great at nurturing, um, you know, young talent. You know, yeah. go, you know, you just have to look at Jason. You have to look at Jalen, even Rob Williams. Like, yeah. Look at the leaps and bounds he's come on um, in the recent years. So I think we should move on. Now we've kind of spoke about the trades. Now for the guys, obviously we're, we're so far deep into this episode, right? And we've not even explained. Usually we have a format, right? We're not doing that format this week because we've been losing a lot. Me and Josh don't want to sit here and talk about us losing constantly. So eventually we'll sneak back in. You know, the garden party has been postponed due to COVID. Uh, Some one of the barmaids had one of the barmaids had COVID and started coughing on people. So it's been Mm. it's been shut down in quarantine for a little bit. So we are just currently talking about obviously the trades and just pretty much more positive stuff, really. And Josh, have, have you thought of a song to put for Marcus Smart? Because it, it must, it's got to be an upbeat, happy, relieved song. Because uh, I'm not going to lie, I think the viewers love your uh, request for videos. Okay, so are we saying like a dancey song? Or are we saying like a beautiful song to celebrate the moment that Marcus? I mean, you could. We could go either direction. To be honest, I think both are both are relevant. So, well, the, for some reason, the one that came to mind is. Um, Carly Simon's Nobody Does It Better, which is the song from one of the old James Bond films. Okay, well, guys. <laughs> Nobody does it better Makes me feel safe for the rest Nobody does it
Right, and we're back in the building. So after that lovely Marcus Smart tribute there, which kind of felt like a weird eulogy, but it wasn't. Um, <laughs> okay, so me and Josh, last episode we had, we've started to do a story story hour, didn't we? Or story, story time, which sounded really creepy when I first said it. But we're going to read out another, well, we've got a voice note this time. And it's from a certain NBA UK fan account. And it's from a certain guy. I actually don't know if he wants to be named in this. Let's err on the side of caution there and not name him. Yeah, I better not name him just in case because... I'm nervous. So the thing is, guys, me and Josh, I've asked people to send us stories. I've not read them and I've not opened them with their voice note because I want it to be a raw reaction. As you probably, you know, from the last story that we listened to with the threesome after a party... um, that was wild. And I think Josh's reaction kind of said it all if you could have seen his face. So let's see what this one is about. I believe there is a couple of different stories, but I'm going to play the clip on the, on the mic and then we'll go from there. So where I was from in Cornwall, a little village called Sunday, there used to be a local rugby team that... I would support. I'd always go down and watch over the autumn and the wind. Hold up. He said rugby team. So I think this is going to be rugby t- Rugby guys are absolute weapons. So let's just let's, let's see how it finishes. They always used to have these occasional away days that would include a piss up on a coach as we'd have to travel a bit far. So they'd take the opportunity to get a coach so they could have a few drinks on the way back. Uh, city on the way back, etc. I just need there was a sigh of relief there for me in that with people who play rugby you can't rule out that when he meant piss up on the coach he meant pissing on his coach but anyway, continue It's what you expect from rugby guys though, don't you? Yeah, there we go In mind, I was about 14, 15 years old at the time, never had an experience drinking or anything along those lines. So the game's over and done with. The players start going back through a couple of pubs on the way. Obviously, I'm there with a coach, so can't serve me, but they're drinking on the coach. So on the coach, I was drinking some sort of lager. I can't remember what it was. And then completely out of the blue, one of the players brings a 80% Romanian vodka out of their bag. And at that time... I didn't know what 80% meant. I thought it could have been 80% strength out of 100 in terms of 100 is the strongest and 80 is going to be nothing. But oh. so, so that was probably error one from this person. Absolute That's an amazing one. logic. It's like a 8 out of 10 scary beer. Oh my well, God. Okay. Yeah. Just offering it around, offering it around. By this time, I probably had about two or three cans, nothing more, but that's enough to make me at least pissed. And they're all taking sips of this vodka, and they're all like, oh, that's, that's disgusting. Like, oh, that's strong. And I was like, oh, no, give it here. So they was like, are you sure you want to do this? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't know any better. So I t- took the bottle had a couple of sips and I was like, oh, you know what? That That's beautiful. I really like that. So just completely out of the blue, I just like have a full-on swig bottle, completely uh, vertical going down the latch. The players have started going, whoa, 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 stop that, stop that. 
So I brought the bottle back down. By that time, I probably had about four or five gulps. And I just remember giving the bottle back, turning my head forward facing down the coach again, booing everywhere, being sick all over myself, all over me trousers, everywhere. Literally, I was probably sick for about a minute and then I completely passed out. <laughs> and that's still to this day the only time I've actually passed out. But I, I passed out the rest of the trip. They carried on into the pubs and they woke me up just as I we got back to the village so we could go home. So they woke me up. They were still cleaning me. They had taken my trousers off because I was absolutely lagged to put my trousers in a bin bag. And uh, This sounds like the opposite of rugby team, you know, banter boys, where they're like... They usually leave you, wouldn't they? Very, very courteously, uh, like, tending to him and cleaning him with his trousers off. What's going on? Anyway. The one thing the one thing I am worried about is the fact they took his trousers off. Now, yeah, yeah. That's, a bit, that's a bit weird in itself. But I'm also good. worried about the fact that this is a Boston Celtics podcast. <laughs> and we're talking about rugby guys getting yeah. puked on. But anyway. So I still felt like I was really pissed and went over to a guy called Martin who turned out to be the biggest guy on the rugby team in terms of muscle, not fat. But he, I just turned to him and went, Martin, I bet I can take you in a fight. So he starts laughing. And next thing I know, I've had like a little jab, nothing more than a jab, not a swing. I've had a little, like a playful jab. And what he's done to that is he's grabbed the back of my neck and where the post, post uh, bus stop was, there was a little orange dog bin halfway up a pole. I don't know if you have them anywhere else, but I know they did it in Cornwall. It was an orange dog. Uh, but all my all the American listeners, if you don't know what he's on about, so like in the UK, in some like rural areas, etc., where there's loads of dog walkers, there's usually a bin which is attached to a lamppost or what what do they call it in America? Is it a lamppost in America? Is it or is it a a, oh, it's a uh, street, street light. light. Yeah, like a street light post, if you want to call it that. So usually we have a bin attached to it where people can put dog shit in. Um, so that's what he's on about. Bin with just a very little uh, section where you could put the dog poo in, and it was near enough full. So he grabs my head and he puts my whole head on top of it and puts a slight bit of pressure so my face comes com- fairly compact with the dog feces in their bags in the bin. So by that time, he just completely let me go. And I was just like, right, you've won this one. So I get walked home by one of my mates. So I'm walking through the village with nothing but a single uh, T-shirt on and boxers, <laughs> not even wearing shoes and socks, about a five-minute walk home. Walk home, get through the door. It's only about 10, 11 o'clock at night. And on the way home, I'm thinking, damn, if my dad sees me like this, he's going to go ballistic. So I get get home, doors locked, dad's still at the pub, fantastic. Get in, threw me bin bag at the back door, ran upstairs, got in bed, hoping I'd try and get away with it. So next thing I know, dad hasn't taken his keys with me, uh, with him to the pub. So I've locked the door behind him. So someone's banging at the door, trying to get in, go down opens the door or I open the door and I thought it'd be a very clever thing to do is to show my to show my passport which we kept literally on the table next to the door 
as some sort of identification as if he was a police officer. But obviously it took me 10 seconds so and I realised it was dad. So I let him in, run back upstairs and then got back in bed. Literally about five seconds after that, all I hear is a massive Thomas. So I come downstairs and he goes, have you been drinking? And I'm sat there swaying side to side, like swaying. And I'm like, no, no, not not been drinking, not been drinking. So he asked me again, and he's like, if you, if you lie about this, then you're grounded. And I was like, no, 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 not been drinking, not been drinking. So he, he asked me what that bag of sick out the back was. And my answer was, I had a fight with a badger, and the badger lost. <laughs> what? What? How did that end? That was a rogue that the end of the story. That was the end yeah. of the story. What a rogue end. I feel like we need a second part to that where he can just describe <laughs> describe how he came up with the badger. Do you know what I was expecting? You know what I was expect I was expecting him to say, you know, why why do you smell of shit? Yeah. Is yeah. what I was expecting him to say from his face in the dog poo. But I thought obviously. there was going to be some some connection between him trying to get a passport to prove his identity to his dad. <laughs> that was my favourite part. That in itself is good. Okay, that was a good story. That was a good story. Very good. Well, Josh, we usually move on to last orders now. Right. Uh, how? What, what are your last orders this week? And to tell you the truth, Gwen, I'm absolutely twatted. So I said... Uh, in the Forgotten Lost podcast, I said that this was the most pivotal um, week of the season. Mm-hmm. You know, two two games, one of which has already been played against Milwaukee, which they took to overtime. So it was a very, very respectable fight, despite a kind of early deficit. Uh, but these two games obviously sandwiched the trade deadline, which basically means that Boston is kind of the, the, it's going to swing either way. Boston have a chance to contend or the season is a write-off and a learning experience for the main guys. Um, what I said earlier in the podcast that I think this trade makes them better. And I think that the way it has happened yesterday and depending on the fit with Fournier, it could end up being a huge week. So my order is that I'm cautiously optimistic that the Celtics can put a few more runs in ahead of the playoffs, put a few more runs together uh, and build some sort of momentum and look like the team that they were last year, which was an Eastern Conference Finals team. Uh, I'm aware that the East has got a lot more top-heavy, but believe in green, let's do it. Yep, so hopefully we can get into the playoffs uh, with... (laughs) Chicago getting better and a couple of other teams are getting better as well. It's going to be, it's going to be tough, but Hey, look, we're positive. Well, even though we didn't talk about any of our results you know, for the past few weeks, but anyway, we'll we've moaned enough about that. We've <laughs> moaned enough about that. And typically me and Josh usually do our guest list. So our guest list usually comes before last orders, but we can't really do a guest list at the moment um, because we have been so bad and our band list would have been Jeff Teague, but Jeff is no longer with us. So it, it doesn't really matter to be honest. But anyway, I think that that is that is a good place to leave it this week, I think. And hopefully next week, we, me and Josh can come back with a couple of positive results and hopefully get to see, you know, Evan Fournier come in and make an impact and Mo as well. So let's just hope don't for the Google best. his name. 
don't yeah don't google fournier's name if you have or if you haven't sorry and you you know it's a friday so if you are feeling a bit spicy you are feeling a bit you know daring just just google fournier and see what comes up google fournier and if anyone sees you doing it just uh, say you've been in a fight with a badger exactly or a dog bin either one so that is it guys that is the end of the episode this week hope you enjoyed it remember to review like and share it's only ever going to help me and josh and yeah that is it guys josh thanks for joining again it's been it's been this has been a good one hopefully we're gonna have some positive results next week but yeah guys that is it see you next week peace